Today's episode of Found Down is brought to you by Unwound Retreats. Unwound Retreats offers fun events and travel experiences for nurses locally and internationally. Founded by me, Nicole Johnson, ICU nurse and host of the Found Down podcast, I provide opportunities for nurses to practice self-care, learn, and travel together. These last two years have been brutal in healthcare, and why not give yourself the gift to unwind, learn, and grow? Previous guests have loved the experiences, especially because you can just show up and know that everything will be taken care of. Unwound Retreats is offering exciting and luxurious retreats in Morocco and Mexico. Go over to unwoundretreats.com and sign up to get on the email list so you can find out more. Hey there, this is Nicole. Happy 2021! Here's to hoping that 2021 is better than 2020. I'm going to do all the things cross my fingers, cross my toes, hold my breath. I'm hoping for a better year than last year. (laughs) Uh, But you know, we're just gonna see. Um, There are things that give me hope and uh, I'm gonna hold on to it. If you're new to the show, I just want to say thank you so much for popping on, for listening. If you've been listening since the beginning, I want to say thank you. I totally appreciate you. A good way to support the show is to leave an honest review on whatever platform you listen to the show on. And also there's merch available at fandownpodcast.com. You can check out the merch if you click on the merch link. Also, if you are in healthcare and are a nurse, check out unwoundretreats.com. You can, that's my um, self-care for healthcare business. And I'm going to be planning some really cool stuff this year. We're going to need it. I'm planning um, a retreat in June and also hopefully one in Morocco in September. All of that's going to depend on when we can travel, but I'm looking forward and having hope that we will be able to travel again sometime. Again, thank you for supporting the show. I just couldn't do this without you. Couldn't do this without my guests. Couldn't do this without the Found Down community. So I just want to say thank you, a heartfelt thank you. You guys are the best, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Welcome to the Found Down Podcast. This is a podcast of untold nursing stories that are sometimes hilarious, dark, insane, and anything in between. As a warning, this show is rated E and is mature in content. It often deals with the reality of life and death and how we as nurses intersect with that on a regular basis. If we laugh, it's not out of disrespect. We love what we do and have every intention of continuing to do so. With that, enjoy the show. Well, hello and welcome to the Found Down Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Johnson, and I'm really excited because I have a new friend of mine on the show, Nicole Leibov. She's an ICU nurse, licensed massage therapist, and today we're actually going to talk about why she chose to leave the bedside, which is a very difficult decision for any any nurse. And we're going to talk about um, the day she left and sort of the events leading up to it. And then sort of the fallout that happened with her decision to leave because it was right like a week before the pandemic hit. So hopefully there's a lot to get into. But before we do any of that, how are you, Nicole? Hi, Nicole. I am well. Thank you for having me today. I, I'm, I guess I'm meeting some sort of quota you have to interview Nicole's that are nurses. I don't know. <laughs> I know. You're like number three. Yeah. And I'm in a chole. I heard the conversation you and Cupchick had that 
don't have the H, but I have the H. So is yeah. that so? What's the origin of that? Do we do we know? I don't know. I have no idea. My parents named me after like a week of having me. They I have no idea where they came up with that name I, or the H. I, it's not a family name. I don't know. Or and okay, since we're going there, what nicknames do you like or prefer? Um, well, I was Nikki until an identity crisis in college. And <laughs> then I became Nicole. And the problem with that is all the friends from prior college life still call me Nikki. Mm-hmm. A few of them have been able to be converted to Nick, like, hey, Nick, you know, that's good. But mm-hmm. I hear Nikki and all all my muscles tighten up like, oh, no, Nicole. So I liked Nikki when I was a little kid, but then I heard the Prince song in <laughs> elementary school. And if you don't know it, Google it. But it's like something about Nikki on the cover of a dirty magazine. So then I was yeah. like, I, could, I couldn't do it. And so then I was Nick. Uh, but anyway, okay. Well, here we are. Uh, here yes. we are. I, I won't be calling you Nikki. Please um, not. <laughs> but so today you're doing okay? Yeah. I mean, when people ask how I am, I just say, you know, I'm healthy. I have a roof over my head and I have food and water. So, I mean, a lot of things have been put in perspective lately. So I am I am well in that sense. I will probably mention my therapist a few times during this interview. She loves to call awesome. me out on that, how she's like, yeah, but you're still experiencing stuff. It's okay to feel like shit sometimes. Mm-hmm. So, Nicole, to answer your question, it just depends on the hour and the day, how I am. But um, but living through the most tumultuous time in 100 years has been, it's been a trip. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. my God. I got this survey today from the AACN. I don't know if you got it, too, in your email. But it was like, how are you? Fill out this survey. And it was so funny because they had this list of 20 feelings I like how many of these have you had in the last 14 days? I had every one. It was like fear, anxiety, depression, (laughs) anger, overwhelm, um, happiness, excitement, like all of it, you know? So God, we're just riding a wave, right? Yeah, we are. I am thankful for my mental health therapist. She is, she has saved saved my butt. She's incredible. And, you know, like I I know you've mentioned on other podcasts that everybody needs a therapist. I really feel that. And um, I'm so lucky that I had her in my life before all of this started Mm -hmm. because we had an established relationship. So it'd be really hard to start a new one over Zoom, Mm -hmm. but I still would try it. All those people out there who are like, I need to talk to someone, but I don't want it to be over Zoom or whatever, I'd still try it. It's so worth it to have somebody who's outside of your life, who doesn't know anything, to be able to hear you. Yeah. And she's so good at put calling me out on my shit. Be like, now, come on, Nicole. Like, come on, you know? Yeah. So that's also really good. That's great. Yeah. What an awesome thing to have in your toolbox. Mm-hmm. Yep. Not ashamed of it. I mean, this pandemic's like, <laughs> they re- just wreaked havoc on everyone's mental health, right? So Yeah. Yeah. 
There was an interesting Seattle Times, I think it was, article about, you know, about the phases we've all gone through and how just in this last fall, it's we're in the we're in the burnout phase. Like, you know, we're no longer scavenging for toilet paper and canned beans. Yeah. We're in the we're in the sustained cortisol bump level all the time. And, and at some point we, a lot of people are going to just be like, all right, I'm done. I'm, you know, and, mm-hmm. oh God. We are just so bathed in cortisol. Our bodies. Yes, I swim in it. It's just so nice. <laughs> just taking a bath in it. Okay. <laughs> all so right. So let's talk about, so can I ask how long have you been in critical care in like the IC world? Yeah. Okay. Um, well, I did about four years of acute care first and it's all been in neuro and that was not, that was, it just fell into my lap with my new nursing job. I ended mm-hmm. up on a neurosurgical acute care floor. And then I moved to Seattle that was in Montana, but I moved to Seattle and did a year at UW on, um, for Northeast. Northeast. Yes. Yeah. Longest year of my life. Um, it's a but, tough floor. Shout out to any nurse who's working on that floor. That is a tough fucking floor. Yes. I came in with three years experience thinking I was the shit because I was starting with a bunch of brand new baby nurses. Mm-hmm. I was humbled very quickly because that is that is one of the hardest jobs I've ever had. Um, so I did a year there. And then after that, I went to uh, neurosurgical ICU at Harborview. And I was there for 12 years. And it was a crazy 12 years. I mean, when I first started, we were a 10 bed unit. And then within a few months, we were 30 beds. And um, being a part that. of that, yeah, being a part of that growth was really interesting. Being sandwiched between MICU and TICU. And then all of a sudden we were that whole unit was really interesting, especially as a new to critical care nurse. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, 12 years in neuro ICU and it was 10 years into nursing where I was like, I don't know if I can do this full time the rest of my life. Oh my God, what am I doing? And it was actually a patient that made this switch flip in my mind where I'm like, I think there's something outside of tertiary last ditch effort care Mm -hmm. and it might be massage therapy. It was this young woman who had had, I mean, she was in her thirties. She had had a stroke that wiped out her speech of -hmm. her brain and she was still quite impulsive. And so she had these mitts on, you know, the big white mitts. Mm -hmm. Well, we had to do a prolonged cleanup on her and I had her turn towards me while they were changing the sheets and everything. And the nurse and I were just talking. We weren't, we weren't really talking to her about her. I don't know. We could have been talking about lunch or something. Mm -hmm. And I was just rubbing her back absentmindedly and just Mm -hmm. like touching her upper traps and stuff. Mm -hmm. And she just, she just looked up at me and she waved at me with her one mitt that worked, you know? And I was like, oh, you know, I don't know if I want to get close to you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To. And with her good arm, she gave me this big hug. Aww. And it was, I even remember the room number that was in, like, I will never forget that. And that was in 2012. And then the next year I had graduated from 
one year of full-time massage therapy school. And I originally started that thinking I'm going to get out of nursing, but what the massage therapy did was prolong my nursing career because it, it warmed me up a little bit. Um, mm. cause I, I did tend to err on the side of a really, um, emotionally walled up cold ICU nurse, mm-hmm. like really great, um, nursing skills, but really kind of lacked that emotional connection. And I think it's because right when I started, I'm like, this is super intense. I need to build some walls here. Mm-hmm. Um, so I originally started massage thinking I was going to quit nursing, but actually prolonged my nursing career in a way that I did not expect. The problem with the ICU was um, it it's almost like I was starting to absorb all the emotions. Um, like once you open the walls up again? Yep. Yep. And I just, I, I remember I had like a, three week break to pass my massage finals and take the national exam and all that. And I came back from that three week break. And I remember walking down the hall from MICU towards neuro ICU. And it was like this palpable energy. And I'm not a woo woo person. Like I'm, I'm still an ICU nurse in my brain and in my heart, but walking down the hall, I'm like, Oh my God, this is not a massage therapy clinic. (laughs) This is is a palpable feeling. And yeah, I just, I really started feeling it. And um, so although I still wanted to stay in nursing, I knew my ICU career was starting to wind up. And, and that's just me. And actually, you know, I used to feel guilty about that. And that's where my, my therapist helps me a lot was it, you know, you know, this, Nicole, the, this fierce pride that comes with being an ICU nurse and Mm -hmm. it becomes a part of your identity. Mm -hmm. And I really, I absorbed that to a point where I kind of lost touch of who I was outside of that job. Mm -hmm. And so I had a really hard time planning the end of my ICU career, but she helped me a lot realizing that doesn't mean it's the end of your identity as a nurse or as a person. Yeah. So, um, I'm just thinking about there. I know there are a lot of people who really relate to the tough decision to leave. And, um, yeah, like, it's like, oh, you can't hack the ICU anymore, you know, or like you have this like yeah. mental internal dialogue of, yeah, are you not tough enough anymore or like whatever, but like, yeah, we've, I've seen, shout out to the nurses in the PACU cat you're in the PACU sorry um she, you know she stepped down uh I think it, you know she went from ICU to actually OB and then to the PACU but um like it's a it's an it's a little bit of um identity crisis or a uh, oh for sure of like what but it's apparently you know there's a as you know there are lots of jobs out there in nursing that yes. are so fulfilling and yes you know it doesn't have to be this crazy intense yeah intense life all the time yeah you mentioned fulfilling and that's that's something that i found only part of the time at that icu job and it wasn't because of the people or 
my colleagues or anything like that. It was just, for me, I had a hard time with the lack of patient follow-up. Like we would get these people in that are profoundly brain injured for whatever reason. Mm. And we spend weeks keeping them alive or whatever. And then we just send them off in restraints with half their head shaved or whatnot. Wearing right, missing, helmets, yeah, like missing half their skull. Yeah, they're T-topped or whatever. And you're like, okay, you're awake now and you're trying to kill people with your mitts. So good luck floor nurses. <laughs> it's your turn, you know? And we never got, and I really started to, I needed follow-up. If ever the rare times a patient would come back to say hello or look how I'm doing, you could see it. I mean, we were like, we would swarm them and mm. there's not enough of that. And there's this thing with um, neuro ICU patients where most of the time they're not communicative and we never get to see who they really are. And, yeah. you know, we have the little boards with all their pictures and their families are there, but we just send them off and they're not anything what they used to be or what they're going to be. And yeah. that lack of that lack of follow up started to wear on me for sure, amongst any a bunch of other things. But in contrast, the being able to go to the massage job and someone walks in and they've had a car accident recently and they're like, "I hurt here and here," and I use all my skills and knowledge and say, "Well, this is why and that's why and here's what we do." And then I teach them about their body and they love learning. And then they get off the table and they're like, "That was great. See you next week." Like the contrast between that and neuro ICU, there, there's it's black and white, right? I know. I know. <laughs> How that sounds so fulfilling. It was, and but having that balance is what pushed me to keep going in the nurse career. Mm -hmm. And then you know, you did bring up you wanted to talk about my last straw, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and um, there was a few. Uh, catalyst towards leaving the ICU. One of them was my dad dying about two years ago. He had he had a horrible combo medical combination of uh, terminal dementia and metastatic bone cancer. Oh. So that was awful because he's demented enough to not let us try to treat him oh, to dear. make him comfortable, but also in like excruciating pain. When I came back from uh, my leave from after he passed away, every old man I saw in neuro ICU was my dad. And, and it, that, that was one of the many catalysts was seeing my dad like that. Um, you think, you think you can handle it. Oh, I'm a nurse. You know, how many dead people have I taken care of or helped to cross to the other side? You know, when it's your dad it really affected me, but the last straw for sure was the guy and you know, any Harborview nurse floor ER ICU is going to appreciate this because it's like Harborview in a nutshell. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it was the end of <laughs> the end of December last year. So December, 2019, I had to work every Saturday because my daughter has some special healthcare needs that have ruled my job schedule. And standard work in the Saturday thing. And I had this one guy that had been beaten up somewhere downtown and he was there for overnight observation for a subdural. Mm -hmm. And 
he was fine, but it was one of those, well, we just have to watch him in ICU overnight in case he bleeds more or what, what have you. Mm-hmm. Well, I go in in the morning and he and I had the best conversation. We were talking about Seahawks and football in Seattle and he wasn't from Seattle and we were just really bonding about everything. He was a really, really nice guy. Just happened to have a minor head injury. And then I don't remember what happened, but I went into the room and, and any Harborview news can appreciate when you can see that switch that's flipped in their brains where Mm. you're like, okay. And now you are withdrawing from something. He, he flipped out. He uh, physically flipped out. We had to code Graham. You know, there's all the security guards. It got bad enough that we had to have the security guy with the gun there because he was threatening our lives and he was threatening to find out where my family lived so he could kill them too. Great. Yeah. Thanks, man. (laughs) You're welcome for providing some nice medicines to you um, and breakfast. But And, you know, I'm experienced enough of a nurse at this point. I didn't take any of it personally, and I did not take any of his threats seriously Mm -hmm. because I I could tell this is just not a serious thing. Like, it's just some guy who's whacked out of his brain. We're used to it there. But what got to me was we finally get him to agree to leave AMA. You can sign the paperwork. We will get your clothes, what have you. The second the clothing lady dropped off his sack of clothes, he starts getting dressed and he looks me in the eye and he's like, you know, sorry about all that back there, but I know how things run around here. And once I get my clothes, I can go out to smoke. He's like, I know how it works. So he I'm played, like, so you just played, you just played the game. Yeah. yeah. You wasted my time and the time of all the other nurses that had to get involved in this who were taking care of critically ill people so you could go smoke. And I was standing there and I just had this like light bulb moment. I was like, yeah, all right, man, go do you do you see you later. Mm. And that was my moment where I'm like, I, I don't think I'm cut out for this anymore. I think I want to be a nurse still. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to send profoundly head injured people off to never be seen again. I don't want to be yelled at by screaming junkies anymore. Mm-hmm. I just want to converse with people and help mm-hmm. them feel better. And that wasn't happening there anymore. Yeah. And so I that was a Saturday. And the next morning, I sent an email to my manager. And I said, I was per diem, so I didn't have to give two weeks weeks notice or anything. I'm like next Saturday, that's my last shift. And the emotion behind that was really bizarre because, you know, you work in a place long enough, you see that people are like, Oh, that's such such day is so-and-so's last day. Let's do a Pollock or something. Yeah. 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 I literally showed up to work on that next Saturday. I'm like, today's my last day. And people I've worked with for 10 plus years are like, what? (laughs) are you talking about? And so I just kind of disappeared off the radar. And that was really hard because I really miss my colleagues. My colleagues are crazy and fun and hilarious. And there is nobody in the world with better gallows humor than a neuro ICU nurse, right? Like (laughs) I guarantee you, there's no way you can work with critically ill head injuries and come away a normal person. There's no way. (laughs) Oh my God, all the frontal lobe shit, man. Oh, yes. 
I have so many good stories about them, oh. but, so, but yeah, um, I like to think that I quit my ICU career while I was ahead. Um, I didn't burn out in a blaze of glory. You know, I just was yeah. like, okay, it's on my terms. It was really hard. Um, but combining with that is this pandemic is that I quit two weeks before the first case in Seattle, you know, mm-hmm. And since then, that neuro ICU has been converted to a COVID unit. Since then, I've had colleagues I worked with for years get very sick with mm. COVID. You know, um, and since then, I've seen my colleagues on CNN and interviewed in magazines, and it's like, whoa, what's happening here? And that that was a really interesting combination of feelings to have, like absolute relief. Mm-hmm. Um, and horror and um, envy that I couldn't help mm-hmm. um, not feel useful. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, yeah, wow. So there, so you mentioned something in here in talking to you that um, you, well, I don't know if you said it to me, uh, but when we talked before, if it was here about your, you, you have a child with special needs, but like is immunocompromised, right? Right. Right. So, um, like there's no way that you could work in a COVID ICU and have someone who is immunosuppressed, right? Like that you, you know, are their, yeah. their, their mother, <laughs> their caretaker, yeah. their, you know, like, yeah. um, yeah. Has that made it easier for you to reconcile this feeling of, I guess, not not being able to help or feeling helpless? Uh, it has. It has. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, almost almost like it feels like a good excuse. <laughs> like, <laughs> well, my kid's sick, so I can't work. But at the same time, right after I quit NeuroICU, I was in the process of applying to a bunch of nursing jobs, like clinics and I found this amazing orthopedic clinic. It was like, oh my gosh, this sounds, it was like the perfect patient population for me with the massage thing. It would have been great. Yeah. And, you know, that was eliminated too. So yes, there, there is part of me. And, you know, my husband and my mom keep saying, you know, you've made so many sacrifices for this kid since she was born. And now with your career, you've sacrificed your career for this. And, Uh, you know, there's some really snarky things out there where people are like, oh yeah, moms, you know, you are, you are essential. And it's like, yeah, but if you're the mom that never, I was always a mom that is a nurse Mm -hmm. and a nurse that was a mom. Like I never, I love my kid more than anything, but I was never the mom that like my life revolved around it. I had that strong identity and that strong Mm -hmm. sense of purpose a decision-making in my nurse job. And when it's kind of pulled away to the core of, well, now I'm a mom of a sick kid during a pandemic. It's, it's pretty intense. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, there's, you mentioned the 20 emotions, the list. <laughs> yeah. That's like all before 9am, you know, every day, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Didn't you even try to go help? Could you get, try to go back to your unit in the, in March? I didn't try to go back to the unit. I tried to, I was in touch with like 
any HR person I could get an email from. Um, I was trying to say, listen, I can run logistics, like I can do testing, I can do like community, whatever you need. I've been a UDEM employee for 13 years. Like, and there was this, it was just everyone I talked to is, well, we don't need you. We don't, and that's what I was hearing was we don't need you. But logically it's we just don't need that right now right because they were they were repurposing all of these PACU nurses and clinic outpatient clinic nurses to be doing that work and it was so weird to me and I was just like but I was just there I was just working there you know so yeah I did try and I kind of you know gave up after a couple months but you definitely are not alone in feeling that way and I had yeah. friends who were furloughed during that time mm-hmm. and felt insanely, I don't know, guilty or like helpless because, you know, we were, we were surging, yeah. but like they didn't need anybody yeah. in their GI suite because they weren't doing procedures or, or, you know, surgeries were canceled. Right. So people who worked in the right. back, you were furloughed or... So a lot of people were just like, wait a second, like, how can I help? Like, (laughs) I want to be there, but I can't and they don't need me. But like, and even I felt a little bit of that, too, um, because like they, we first had the COVID patients on our unit and then they moved them to COVID ICU Mm -hmm. where I did end up going down there. But everybody, a lot of people were like, well, we should help, right? Like that's yeah. an insane burden for anybody to bear. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So yeah, definitely I you're not alone. I came up with a good analogy for it. And I think the people you know that were furloughed and kind of pacing around will, will appreciate this analogy is that, you know, I picture like a Savannah full of lions, right? And they're all just doing their lion thing. But then one of the 20 lions in the pride has been taken out of the pride and put in a cage in the middle of the savanna where that lion can still see their huge group of friends and their family working and doing their lion thing and you're just pacing in the cage but but I want to be a lion too you know like this I can do this and just but you're just like a caged animal like I and I really think the strong emotions for that come from that nurse pride, that mm. thing that no matter if you're PACU or ICU or floor, we are fiercely proud of our careers mm-hmm. and what it means to us as a human to be useful in our communities and within our own groups. Like how many neighbors have you had said, Nicole, you're a nurse. I have a question for you, you know, <laughs> even the little, right? Just to be useful on a daily basis mm-hmm. and to be that caged lion, just pacing around and not be needed is it's interesting. Um, during the worst healthcare crisis in a century, you know, yeah, you're like, wait, <laughs> what? My hands are tied. How in the, how, how in the world? Like what? Yeah. 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 So, oh my gosh. What are your plans? I cuz I'm assuming that you're not doing massage too right now, right? Correct. So what yeah. are your plans for the future when this pandemic gets <laughs> under control? Maybe I don't know, hopefully in the next 6 8 months. Yeah, you know, um 
I, we just keep moving the goalposts a little bit, but I will say that they're getting moved less and less each time. And right now we're just hoping for some community stability. Like you're right. I think about six months we'll start evaluating. Um, my daughter's of the age where she wouldn't start kindergarten until next fall anyway. Mm. So I kind of have this goal in mind of, I think by next fall, things hopefully will be settled with a vaccine. There will be some so-called herd immunity going on. Hopefully Mm -hmm. we're in an area where that's actually possible because we have people that believe (laughs) in science, you know, and we have a governor that actually cares. But anyway, that's a whole nother podcast, right? Um, Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So I'm hoping by next fall to have my kid in school, whatever that is, and to be again, a part-time nurse, part-time massage therapist. But that's, that's easier said than done right now, just because of the unknowns of the pandemic. And also I've, at this point, I'm coming up on a year of lost practice time. I'm coming up on a year of lost continuing education. You know, Mm -hmm. massage therapy has the same amount of credits required as nursing. Mm -hmm. So I, I had a lot to do every year and I'm not getting that. So I don't know. I don't know what's going to happen, but I don't want to give up either career. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. It's all kind of like a gift, although it's a tough gift that you were given of just being Mm -hmm. able to focus on what has been a priority, which is family and safety and the Maslow's hierarchy of needs that. Right, right, right. (laughs) Yeah. 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 You had an opportunity to just take care of yourself and everybody else. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, that's a very lucky position. A lot of families would have just had to put their immunocompromised kid in daycare and winged it, you know, you didn't have to do that. So I'm, I'm, we're very lucky and very blessed in that way. And that does take the sting out of the mourning, the grieving loss of careers for sure. Yeah, But it's still there. I bet you'll pick, (laughs) you'll pick it up. You'll pick it up. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you, I have, I don't have massage therapy dreams. I have ICU dreams. (laughs) (laughs) I do like, and it's always stuff like trying to start an IV or trying to draw an ABG. (laughs) Like it's just the random little skills that I'm always dreaming about. I miss uh, using my hands and my brain a lot Mm -hmm. because my kid's smart, but I'm having conversation with a five-year-old all day. So oh. I really, I, yeah, I miss critical thinking. I really do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should mention, are you a member of AACN? I was until I let my um, CCRN relapse or whatever you want to call it in yeah. August. Oh, okay. Because I was like, dang yeah. it, they had free CEs that you can. Oh, um, I know. But yeah. Um, there's other opportunities to get free CEs. So hopefully you can still work on that for your licenses. 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 I know. Yeah. I I love the beauty of the two, two jobs, you know, or the two roles that you have. I'm going to say have, because you're still going to have them. Yes. Not have, have. Just put that out there. Yes. Yes. That you have. I mean, I think about massage and how beautiful and peaceful and just relaxing that is. (laughs) Like, there are just two sides of a coin 
to where you have yeah. at least in critical care, it's just insane. I mean, not just in critical care. And it can be insane anywhere. So yeah. like, you know, shout out to f- floor nurses. Uh, it's definitely a different breed of insanity there. But anyway, yeah. it's like, yeah. you know, you have such a beautiful balance. I could see why that that could be such a perfect way to to do to do it. I yeah, I feel really happy that I was able to find that. Um, you know, as you know, working in the ICU, there's this strong push towards okay, when are you going to CRNA school? When are you going to ER and for your path to flight nursing or mm-hmm. when are you getting your master's to be, you know, in management or whatever? And it just that just wasn't my thing. I always knew that wasn't my thing. Even in college in the four-year nursing program, I was only a few credits away from getting a minor in performing arts because I loved, like nursing just wasn't my life. I I was like one of only a couple students in my whole graduating class that wasn't in the National Nursing Society. What is the Sigma something? Oh, Sigma Theta Tau. Yes. I was, and my professors were just horrified. I'm like, I'm trying to get a performing <laughs> arts minor. So I have other things, you know? And so nursing to me has always been, it's really interesting how it did not start as this strong drive to be a nurse and help people. I got into it because I loved science and medicine and the human body, just have this morbid curiosity about the human body. And then over time it became, okay, this is a human connection. Mm-hmm. And then ICU kind of shut that human connection down for me a bit, specifically neuro ICU. And, and I regained that human connection with massage therapy. And let me tell you, there's nothing like spending how many years at that point, 13 years as a nurse, feeling like you're not really helping anybody. You're just kind of like patching them up a little bit and like pushing them away. But to be ha- to have somebody say, oh my God, I feel so much better. Mm-hmm. Like that was just mind blowing to me that, that that was an opportunity to me as a healthcare provider. Mm-hmm. Um, you froze for a second. There? Yeah, I'm there. I must be frozen too. Um, well, found on podcast listeners for transparency's sake, this is Nicole Johnson. And I did lose Nicole Leibov on that call and for whatever reason, couldn't get the second half of that interview. But I want to say we had a rough, a fun time talking, shared some stories. And um, yeah, Nicole, I just want to say, Nicole Leibov, thank you so much for being on the show. I love the two roles that you have, your licensed massage therapist role and then also your nurse role. They must and sounds like compliment each other so well. You're a gift to the community and it was a pleasure meeting you over Zoom. Hopefully someday in the near future, we could meet in person whenever that's safe. But good luck to you and your family and uh, everyone out there in podcast land. Stay safe and stay sane. And I'll see you on the next one.
Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave an honest review on whatever platform you are listening. Also, feel free to share this with your nursing colleagues. If you'd like to email me, you can do so at founddownpodcast at gmail.com. Feel free to send in any stories. Just make sure they're HIPAA compliant. Also, you can follow the podcast on Instagram at founddownpodcast. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you.